Welcome to the Endurance Path Podcast with me, Steve Hamlin. This whole Endurance Path thing started with me writing about some of my own race experiences after getting myself off the couch and, and back in shape. Over time, my race reports became more and more detailed to the point that I realized other folks were using my reports to plan for their own races. So I launched the Endurance Path Podcast with some audio of my own race reports, but have started bringing guests on the show to share some of the many inspiring stories that are out there and just have some great general discussion. I'll be kicking out my own race reports whenever I do race, but I'll also keep bringing on the guests. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome Mark Kranz to the show. Mark spent most of his spare time in high school playing video games, but after getting a chance to ride a mountain bike down some single track, he was hooked on mountain biking. So Mark just started getting out on the trails, started having a ton of fun with it, kept trying new things, challenging himself, signed up for some races. And Mark has raced just about everything at this point related to mountain biking, including enduro, college race series, endurance, elite XC, and even earned his pro racing license. Mark is a great example of somebody that's just getting out there, taking on some big challenges, and truly just having a lot of fun doing it. So listen in as Mark shares some stories from along his journey and talks about his upcoming plans. All right, so Mark Kranz, welcome to the Endurance Path Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, this is going to be good, man. I uh, I think I mentioned to the, this to you earlier, but uh, I thought I'd seen something in your Facebook feed at one time about that you hadn't actually been doing this, you know, riding mountain bikes all that long, and but you've had some really good results and success out of it, and uh, kicked my tail a few times in some races that we've done the same ones, and I thought I should have Mark on the podcast to kind of talk about how he's. Uh, how the, how he got into it and and, uh, and all that kind of stuff because you've you've done some we'll talk we can dive into it later cause yeah you've done yeah. some international races too right yeah one <laughs> Laruda is that the one uh it was volcano one hundred volcano one hundred okay yep so, but uh, yeah man so thanks for coming on and uh, let's let's talk about it so you're you're still in in college right yeah yeah I'm going for mechanical engineering technology currently so sweet. Sweet. And are you in your last year? What? Are you in your last year then? Uh, no. No. I'm I'm basically taking low credits and just okay. slowly working through it. It's the easiest way to do it. I feel for yeah, me because yeah. I'm doing so much other stuff okay. other than just biking and going to school. So yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, good for you. It's a little hard. No, <laughs> not good for you. The uh, uh, and so you're up you're up in Marquette, right? And which is a phenomenal place to ride. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, so, when when did you get into riding then? Um, I mean, other than being that kid on the bicycle and having your parents teach you how to do it, uh, yeah. I would say probably the first time that I really realized it's like, wow, I actually like this was just a casual family vacation. We went to Mackinac Island. Which okay. I'm sure you know what Mackinac Island, but not yeah. a lot of listeners do. It's been a while it's since I've been there, but yeah. Yeah. It's just a island uh in between the lower and upper peninsula of Michigan that's there's only horses and bikes on the island. There's no cars at all. And I remember we were riding around and my dad found this hundred foot section of single track and I just loved it so much. <laughs> and this was the year right foot. before I went to college. Yeah, it was 100 foot, I would say. It, it wasn't long at all. And there's deer, I mean, uh, horse piles just everywhere through it. But I was just, 
I just loved it so much. Nice. But I mean, that basically made me want to uh, bring a bike to college with me because I knew there was single track at college and I knew they had a race team and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll bring a bike and see how it is. So first year of college, I bring up my dad's old 1996 stump jumper, rim brake, 26er, full suspension, which was basically rigid because nothing worked. <laughs> I think one of my, my buddies in college had a, a, a stump jumper, but it was, it was a, I thought it was a hardtail, uh, but it had, you know, the, the Judy fork on it with the, mm-hmm. the elastomers in it. I think it was, this would have been. Probably around the same time frame, actually, that uh, model your bike. This was 1998, so 97 yeah. to school. So I don't know. I think he bought the bike to go to college with. So it was a 90, 96, 97 bike. But nice, nice bike, actually, for the, for the time. So. Yeah. I We still have it, other than the fact that it's like an extra small, and I'm 6'1", so it was pretty interesting. <laughs> nice. So this is, uh, what, 2000. 12 this 13? this would be 2013 okay and i mean four years ago yeah i about this I went time of, then too right so you went up in the fall yep okay. in the fall yeah. and that's usually when i flip over my clock for starting a new year thinking about it then yeah. it's like oh i started riding again now gotcha yeah but i mean 2013 i did a few rides i mean we had a club team and i wasn't on the team i didn't like do really any of their races i just kind of like went on the rides with them and i was always that kid in the back of the pack who had to walk all the rock gardens and walk all the bridges i remember falling off a couple bridges walking across them so it was like <laughs> okay this is pretty cool i'm horrible at this but i was having so much fun doing it that i just right over my head i didn't yeah, you care kept, do, kept doing it anyways right yep now, there's something about just, I mean, I remember the first time I hit, you know, rode some single track and stuff uh, when I was up at Michigan Tech going to school. So this is 97 to 2001, but man, it was so much fun. And our, the riding was completely different then. I mean, the trails were hard to ride. I mean, if you go to Michigan Tech trails now, I mean, it's barely oh, recognizable yeah. from what it was then. Um, but it's. It was it was a ton of fun. You get out of class and just go blow off some steam. And I remember back when I was into it, it's like we'd go ride like six miles is all or something, right? We'd probably stop three times, three or four times over. The yeah, that was like me too. I'd maybe ride four or six miles, and I'd be like stopping half the time. <laughs> well, did you did you have any athletic background prior to that? I mean, were you into cross country running or anything like that? Or before that, I uh, this was. Back before high school, I did soccer, and I stopped literally right at high school. Okay. And then I, and then I became that kid who would like come home from school and then sit in his house for six, seven hours and play video games. Okay. For four years of college, <laughs> I mean high school. Oh, high school. My yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, so that's, that's okay. So, and now you're on yeah. the bike. Okay. Good. Yeah, I came. I came into it with basically nothing at that point. <laughs> I thought I might have picked some of that up from maybe some of your Facebook posts, and so that that's what kind of was like this. This could be good. Mm-hmm. Could be a good example. I mean, I'm I'm doing this and bringing some different guests on because I want to set some good examples out there, take excuses away from people to just get out there and do something. 
you know? Yeah. So, uh, I think, I think you're going to be one of those, one of those people that help do that. So, yeah. And I mean, this is also me. I, I help now with like Nika and I try helping with some of the stuff like that. I'm on the collegiate team at my local university and all that stuff. And I always see new kids come in who they basically look just like me. They, they're on an old, their mom and dad's old bike. Some of them are on like Schwinn's and stuff. They show up and I hear people like the guys who have been racing for a while. They're all like, oh, this guy, they're not very good, blah, blah, blah. And they, they start like downing these people. And I'm over there like, you don't know any of these kids could come out here. And in four years, they could be like national champions. You don't yeah. know that because it's like I look back and it's like I was one of those kids at one point. Yeah, and we'll, we'll circle back to that too because I know that you are involved a lot with like 906 mm-hmm. uh, Adventure Team. Try to be. Stuff, or, you know, try to be when you're up there. And um, So the year rolls 2014. And oh, yeah. you get into some <laughs> racing then or, or what, what happens? Yep. So it was actually – I stayed up to school that summer okay. and I started working a job and I actually made enough to buy my first like – real mountain bike yeah it was a uh, full suspension kona precept dl i remember it and i just i started riding a little bit more i mean maybe the longest ride i had was like 35 miles something like that it wasn't very much i was still i was still horrible at rock gardens still walking those i mean i would try everything but i would still i'd i'd mess them up at this point i'd at least try them and then I did a few of the local XC races that were in the UP. I didn't finish very well. I mean, I think my best finish was like 18th at one of them. Okay. And I mean, I was just, I was having fun. I was just a kid. I was having fun. Just, just shredding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I didn't actually, is there, is there a decent scene with XC races up there? I mean, I know of, right, the, or a shore race and the polar roll. Mm-hmm. I've seen some, some cycle cross stuff, but yep. is, is there a series with some, some cross country stuff up there too? There isn't really a series in the UP. It's more of like each trail system hosts their own race. Okay. And that's kind of, if, if you're a Uper, that's what we go and do. Yeah. Okay. Do, 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 do all over the, all over the UP. <laughs> Cause there used to be a race too called the Keweenaw chain drive, which, which isn't, doesn't happen anymore. That was one of my very early races that I, I think the last, that was my first race. Okay, the last year they did that race was two thousand fourteen. Fourteen, and yep. that would have been like my third or fourth race or something. I think I did the the, the check forty the the fall prior to that, and that's what kind of got me all geeked up. And I got my my tail kicked. I think I finished like sixth <laughs> and last or something. Uh, that's funny because that was my first race okay yep i was there that was my very first race yes it was yeah i remember i was in like basketball shirts and like tennis shoes riding (laughs) it was awesome that's awesome yeah that you know i wish that race would come back that was uh i would love to go back up and do that because i I actually love riding those those trails that are back there but Mm -hmm. uh, the turning rapids masahita trails but um yeah, so first race, Keweenaw Chain Drive Festival, and then is, you get hooked into some racing after that, and then some XC races. Yep. I 
I did mostly XC races. I actually uh, fiddled with two enduro races, which, oh man, those were interesting. What Let's just put it that way. The enduro ones with, uh... no, this is awesome. <laughs> so you're you just get done telling me that you're nervous on the rock gardens and you're kind of walking them, and then you decide to go into an enduro race. <laughs> well, this was part of the team that I was on. There's probably a group of like. 12 or so just downhill oriented guys and this is like all they did and they were they're a rowdy bunch of kids and i mean i still talk to some of them and they, they're all awesome they're they're scattered throughout the country right now because okay. they all have real jobs but the couple of them convinced me to go and do the enduro race so i'm like just some kid who's never barely ridden his bike before okay i'll go do it let's see how hard can it be so are oh, you in, is man. this in Marquette or, uh, since this is UP, did you go up to Copper Harbor? Uh, this was Marquette. Marquette. This was okay. the Marquette Enduro. This was my first time riding in Marquette and it was, wow. <laughs> great. I remember that one. That, how'd well, it go? How'd it go? I didn't finish last, but I did crash pretty much every single stage and I did like the, entry stage so there was only three of them okay it hurt a lot <laughs> you mean you had fun did you walk away from it going i want more or i just want to learn it was a, it was it a now i want to learn how to ride this stuff because every time i fail at something i go to yep. a race it makes me want to figure out how to how to how to make it happen like right yeah oh i loved it i was i was having so much fun i mean yeah i was crashing and I had sticks in my helmet and all this stuff, leaves just everywhere. But I was just, I was just having a blast. I was, I was a kid. I was just near going all over the place, just, just having a blast. And I mean, I was with all these guys, so it was like, just joking around at the stop, tops of the stages, just sitting there talking. And then you get to your time, and you're like, oh man, your heart's pumping, you're nervous. Go flying into the single track, and the first thing you do is OTB over like five rocks. Perfectly fine with me. <laughs> so you go from there you keep at it and fast forward to 2000 i mean i know i met you the first time in 2016 i think it was right out in utah at true Grit. Yep. so what happens between 2014 and you getting into some nue races so i mean in between there i did a little bit of collegiate racing I did fairly well in collegiate. It was just men's bees. It wasn't the, with the fast guys yet. And I, that's when I kind of figured out my bike setup I had was not very good. My seat was too low and my handlebars were just, I, 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 I was that guy that could ride a bike with your handlebars completely twisted, your seat cocked to one side and I just go and ride and I wouldn't even notice just it. didn't know any better. Yeah. I didn't know any better. I was that guy. It was awesome. And then 2015, I went back down state, took a couple classes down here with my parents live in Lansing originally. So I spent the year with them and I raced uh, Michigan's local XC series. series. Okay. So yeah, I did the 29 under category and this was probably my first real success. I, I got one win and then uh, I finished second overall in the series. So I was... I was feeling pretty good. And then what, what one of my racing now then right now, or uh, at the time, then. at the time, 29 and under 
twenty nine under. And then, it, it, like, does the Michigan series have like sport and comp and yeah, elite? okay, yeah, yeah. They they go along that size, and they have they have elite, which is their highest yep status. So, but yeah, I I did that, and then um towards the end of the year, one of my friends who I knew from college contacted me, and he was like, this this guy. It, his name's Alex Schultz. He's done yeah. 50 or so hundred mile races, multiple endurance races, all this stuff. And he contacted me and he goes, Hey, there's this new race in the UP. It's hundred miles. It's called the Margie Gesick. And this, so this into, is the very first year of it. This was the first year. Yeah. Before there was even timing or anything, right? It was like a, you know, yep. write your time. Yeah. You, you finish. Yeah. You finish the race and you sign a sheet and Todd writes the time you finished on the side of the sheet type deal. And we finished on top of Jasper's knob. So there was only like <laughs> 50 people that year. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was it's, 50 guys. It's funny because we're talking about it like way back when, right? Because this is such an established race now. Yeah. That was only three years ago. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, up until that point, I'd never done anything above 50 miles of single track. I mean, I was still probably like holding it like 40 miles of single track at this point. And Which my experience, lot. yeah, my, my experience with Marquette trails alone were that one enduro race I did. So it was like, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I'm, I, I'm just that kid that's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll go and do this. This will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure everyone knows by now that there's they probably have a friend or two who's done the margin. They're like, oh, man, I'm either never going back to that or else I have unfinished business and I'm going back to that yeah. type deal. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah. But drove up there. Uh, we camped at the start of the race that year. Like literally we were on the start line camping, woke up in the morning, walked out of my tent and I was ready to go type deal but just one long day on the bike i i got in with a group of sweet guys from grand rapids and okay. one or two of them were from wisconsin they've done some endurance racing before and i'm okay. like i'll stick with these guys and we like casually we're stopping along a trail i remember taking like photos like we posed on top of this like knob up in ishmaeng and we're like all sitting there with our bikes posing for a camera and stuff and just having a good old time and then That's awesome. getting down to the end of the race and Todd was still doing like belt buckles and stuff at this time. So it was, you have the 12 hour bu belt buckle. Yeah. I started looking down at my watch. I didn't have a Garmin at this point. I had a watch. So I looked at that. I'm going, I might actually make it. <laughs> Unfortunately, at that time, I didn't make it. I missed a bell buckle the first year by 13 minutes. Wow. So then you have to go back. Yeah. And that's that's what made me do all the NUEs was, okay, I want a belt buckle in 2016. So I'm going to do NUEs to prepare myself for Margie. Okay. So that's that's what did it. And so then that's how uh, Alex got you going into heading out to Utah. Because that's well, – I, yep. I think that's where I met him out there too. Yep. So I think, I think Utah was Utah. So it's a true grit. I think that mm -hmm. might've been my, my first NUE race. I had done some other hundreds prior to that, but none of the NUE series races. Yeah. So. That was a sweet race. That was, again, that was my first race 
anywhere out west and my first NUE as well. So, so isn't that the race that you uh, had to ride like 80 miles on a pedal spindle? Yeah, 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 yes, it was. <laughs> Talking with you guys after the race about that. And it, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Uh, I was four miles into the race and I thought I was doing good. And it, it wasn't like a thing. It didn't happen like slowly. It was just like all at once. It just there goes my pedal, Shut and then <laughs> and and it like I unclipped out of it somehow, and the pedal actually fell down between like a crevice and a rock, so I couldn't get it back. So after that, I just kind of like you know was like, well, I just drove however many hours from Michigan. This yeah. is my first NUE race. This is my first race out west. I'm gonna finish, and I don't really care. <laughs> Yeah, that's that not, that was my attitude. It's not an easy course to ride either. With uh, if you're just riding on a bearing spindle. Yeah, no, it was. There were some sketchy spots, very sketchy yeah. spots. But I mean, I rode it. Uh, I remember the second lap. I was coming down Zen Trail, which, if anyone knows the race, Zen Trail is one of the harder trails in the race. And I went down this rock roll. And at this point, after struggling up all the rocks. I mean, at this point, I didn't know how to bunny hop, so I couldn't really bunny hop anything. I just kind of like haul up the rocks and hope to God I made it. But I mean, at this coming down Zen, I went off this rock roll wrong, uh, brought up my hands. I I OTB'd and I brought up my hands to like cover my face so I didn't break my face because I was flying straight towards some rocks. There's a lot of rocks out there. Yeah. Yeah. I smashed my uh, elbow right into one of them. And super deep gash. The thing was just bleeding all over the place. I had like my elbow was the size of probably like a baseball, if not a softball by the end of the race. And I mean, you, you have to remember, I'm still running on one pedal doing this. So yeah. this was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I later come to figure out that I had like two or three hairline fractures in my elbow oh, no just way. from that crash. Yeah. Didn't figure that out for like two or three weeks later but it happens um but yeah i i finished the race i think i think i finished it in like nine hours something nine hours and like 35 minutes somewhere around there if i remember i recently just looked this up so yeah yeah. nice yeah it took me uh uh i think just under 10 i remember commenting i'm like this guy just like rode 80 of it on his bearing spindle of his pedals (laughs) Still beat me by 20 minutes or something. So, yeah, good stuff. I was, I was spinning yeah. at the end of that one. I remember we rode, we camped at the baseball field oh, with a bunch yeah. of my friends. Yeah, so it was like Alex Schultz, Pete Karanen, stuff like that. Okay. Come, I come hobbling back. At this point, I'm just riding with one pedal. I didn't even put the other foot on. I didn't care anymore. And I'm dragging my one arm behind me. And I show up, and they look at me, and they go, what? in the world happened to you and i'm just like rubbin's racing yeah. oh, that's <laughs> a good one. i want to go back out and do that one again the, uh, oh yeah same that's that's uh it's just it's early and mm-hmm. uh yeah but i i that's the problem right so every year if i find new races to do you probably do the same and then so you you add these races that you want to do and then you continually build up this list of races that you're like well i got to go back to that one Yep. So, always. It, it's never that necessarily that it was a, a 
you had a bad race either. Sometimes you want to go back to them because they're so great. And then there's other times where you're like, I got to go back because I just didn't have a good race. And then, then you run out of time. Uh, but it's a good thing. This is something we can do toward extremely old. So, yeah. And I mean, that was, that was pretty much our first NUE year was just, I need to go back to all these because I didn't do well at any of them. <laughs> so you did, uh, you went to Mohican that year too, right? Mm, I did Mohican and Kahara as well in that year too. And oh, okay. I mean, Kahara, I remember I got a flat and then riding down one of the mountainsides, I mean, doing fairly high speed and I messed up. I hit this bump wrong and I just, I went sideways, somersaulted for a good hundred yards. And <laughs> that race was interesting. Uh, stood back up, got back on the bike, continued going, snapped my chain halfway through. And this was, this was one of my learning experiences with the first year of NUE was I had to figure out what I needed to bring with me on the bike. So one of the things I now do is in my drop bags, I always have spare pedals with me. That that was from that was from True Grit. Um, oh, in your drop but, bag. I mean, in your drop bag. Yeah. yeah, in my drop bag. But now it's like in that race, I luckily had a tube, but I didn't bring uh, tire levers with me. So that okay. was a problem. That was fun. Uh, I also didn't bring any uh, anything for my chain. So when I snapped the chain, I had to have somebody help me put like get it back together. I had oh, no yeah. clue what I was doing then. I mean, at the you were, I, I had so no, you were you were that guy out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had, I didn't know what I was doing Anybody with a bike. Parts? Yeah. I, I didn't know what I was doing with a bike. I was yeah, a bike no. mechanic at that point. I had no clue where, what I was doing, but that, That's that, that first year is when I really started figuring that out along with nutrition. Because I mean, when I did true grit, I just had water and whatever I grabbed at the aid station. It was pretty great. I had no, I had no clue. Oh, that's good stuff. You know, so there's, you bring up a couple good, a uh, couple points there. So one, um, that's a good reminder, I guess, for all of us, including myself, you know, you see that guy on the side of the trail that, you know, doesn't have the right tool or, or something like that. And, um, it, it might not be because he was just trying to save weight on the bike or whatever. Right. It might've been the guy that doesn't know what he's doing yet. Right. And he truly yep. didn't think that he needed those parts. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome to uh, stop and help those guys out. So that's 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 pretty mm-hmm. cool. And then uh, I was the nutrition thing, man. That's like a never-ending. Because the trail conditions they change. Everything is. Yeah, I, I remember at True Grit, I was I went for like two hours. I was like could barely eat, and I would try to eat something at the aid station. And then this is before I knew anything about Carbo Rocket. Yeah, same. Uh, and I think I threw down, because I, I think I just had water in my hydration pack and was just going to eat like food and gels or whatever I had. And I just really had no idea how many calories I really actually needed. And I went into some just dark zone for a couple hours and then my stomach got sick. Uh, but yeah, I that's where I got turned on Carbo Rocket. That, that helped pull me out of it. And I think some of those uh, caffeinated jelly belly beans too. Mm-hmm. But Anyways, I, re- I remember the honey stinger waffles. That's that's what really hooked me. I tried some of the Carbo Rocket stuff, and I think it was it must have been some flavor I just hated. So I just poured it out, and put regular water back in for that race. Okay, but that that's I remember doing that. And 
ooh, I wish I would have just kept it in and just suffered through the horrible taste. <laughs> I've uh, I've had good luck with the tastes on them. The uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fan of the black cherry and the uh, uh, the grape. So yeah, I I've tried it again and I actually do like a few of their flavors a take, lot. It can take you a little while. It, it can take yeah. some getting used to, and then you just got to watch your mix, like. Margie guess like I think I mixed mine really heavy mm-hmm. and with the heat I it was just I had to water oh yeah that was brutal it. yeah I had to water it down when it got really hot and just because I, I just had it I don't know those like mixed drinks like that when it gets really really hot then they, they just they feel like really thick so uh, mm-hmm. like I said I'm still trying to figure out the nutrition thing so uh so you did yeah. Kohada Mohican Mohican's yep. Mohican's a great race never never done Kohada um, definitely going to get back to Mohican here sometime. Um, what, what else, what else do you have going on that year? Um, I tried doing lumberjack too, but I got 10 miles into the race and a stick came up and sheared my derailleur right off. So that was, that was pretty fun. <laughs> that, that was, that was a short end of that race. And then, um, I also happened to be signed up for wilderness one Oh one, but I just, I couldn't make it out there. Okay. So I was just, I was kind of bummed out. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to qualify for this year. I mean, I wasn't really trying to qualify for anything, but I just was like, it's kind of eh, cool you to know, see where you stand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It would have been cool to see where I stand. By the way, if you can get out to wilderness, that's a, um, that's a really good cool yeah. weekend just cause you camp right there at the start and the, the whole venue thing is, is, uh, awesome. I have talked about this in previous podcasts and mm-hmm. my blog, but yeah, the, the Chris Scott races with wilderness one one and Shenandoah, Great events. Shenandoah especially is really awesome. So, but if yeah. you get a chance to get out to those, maybe you have since then. I don't know. <laughs> I, unfortunately, no, but it, uh, I'll touch base on this for uh, this coming season. Okay. But uh, I, it is on my list for this season to try and get down there. So It's a little bit of a drive, but. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So fast forward to the Margie Gessick one was your big one then in 2016. So are you are you learning how to are you doing any training or you just ride at this point? Um, I'm still just riding. I've, I mean, I'm this year. I'm still just riding. I mean, I I just ride a lot. That that's pretty much it. And I mean, 2016 it was the same thing. I mean, I guess a few times I went out and I'm like, I'm going to do hill repeats. I'm going to try doing this every week. I do it like one day and that's it. And then I just continue riding my bike for fun. So are you up in Marquette during a lot of the riding season or downstate? Uh, up in Marquette this year, I spent, spent most of my time in Marquette. I've been all over the place for the last few years, but yeah, I, if, if I was in Marquette, I would probably do a lot of just going and riding too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty hard to actually train up there. (laughs) Cause you, yeah. I mean, well, if you're near town, you could just ride, ride to the trail. Yeah, my you're at. To from to from my apartment, I am less than a mile away from North Trails. I'm four miles away from South Trails, and I'm four miles away from Harlow Lake. And That's there's amazing. there's trails, and I can link all of them together in one ride. I can get fifty miles out of a day of just single track easily well, I was in Marquette. Say, according to Danny Hill, you can link a hundred miles of it together. Oh yeah, yeah, easily. <laughs> But five, some will argue 110. Yeah, uh, I would argue more of 120 that one year. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you got a belt buckle then in 2016, if I remember correctly. Yep. So went into it and I was like, okay, I've done NUEs races. I know what I'm kind of doing now. At this point, I had actually started using nutrition and I kind of, I didn't really figure it out, I would say, but I figured out how to use it. It's a, con- it's a constant <laughs> mm-hmm. critique, right? Yeah. And I mean, this year, luckily for Margie, we haven't really had too bad of a situation. And by that, I mean, of course, 2017 was pretty bad with 90 degrees and 114 heat index. But there's also the possibility in the UP that it could end up snowing for Margie. Just had this conversation with somebody that's that's uh, yeah. It's actually uh, gonna gonna come on a podcast. I happen to record another podcast just before this, but I already had your schedule that it was gonna go out, so this one will actually come out afterwards. But we <laughs> talked about so stay tuned for the next one coming up after this. Uh, we talked about the the Margie, and we were talking about the heat, and mm-hmm. I was mentioning to him, I was like, yeah, I was like. A month beforehand, I was looking at the weather, and I I went and bought some cold weather rain gear. Oh yeah, you know, it could have been forty two degrees and raining, and it turned out to be ninety. And it's actually that you know location and that time of the year, it's a better chance of it being cold and raining than it is being ninety degrees. Yep, September is our rainy month too, so it we've been really lucky these last few years. And if you ask anyone who lives in Marquette and ask them just, well, personally for me, I would love it if it snowed for Margie. I would, that would benefit me so much. I I love riding in the snow. Like I commute daily and I mean, you live in Minnesota, you know how the winters are. (laughs) It's cold here. I mean, we don't get, we don't get the snow that you guys get up there in the UP, Uh, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I, so I grew up in lower Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, where I live here in Minnesota, I'm north of the cities, about 45 minutes to an hour. We probably get, I don't know, I bet it's about the same similar snowfall as what I got growing up in lower Michigan. But it's mm-hmm. so cold here. Uh, when it does <laughs> snow, the snow stays. So I mean, we end up with some accumulation. So, uh, and we've already had a little bit of snow this year. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's in the 20s right now. But it's. Yeah. It's yeah, it is. It is so cold here. Uh, come January, February. Yeah, I I love commuting in the winter just because it's like you wake up in the morning for class, you open up your window and it, you look out and there's eight inches of unplowed snow on the road and you're just like, well, gotta go to class. That's what just I trudge along. About the yep. Yeah. I've been up there for yeah. Thanksgivings before uh, in. <laughs> you know, Houghton Hancock and the Keweenaw and we'd go out, you know, three days in a row and you're, you're shoveling like 10 inches of fresh snow off the cars. Oh yeah. Easily. Daily. It's just ridiculous. Uh, especially that time of the year, right? Cause the lakes aren't frozen over and. Mm-hmm. And lake effect machine yeah. is just kicked into it's high crazy. gear. So, yep. Um, yeah. So you had a good race and then what was that the year? Didn't you go and do. Uh, is that the year you did Volcano? Yeah. So how did so you I got, get wrapped up into that? How did how did you get into that? Uh, I got invited to go down from NUE. So they basically, they do a drawing at the beginning of the year. If you do three races, okay. anyone who's done three races is put into a drawing. And then they pick a random name. And that random name 
gets to go down to do volcano. I did not for realize that. Nothing, and I got lucky enough to be picked. That's crazy. So because there's a you you can qualify right, but I didn't realize that they did a mm-hmm. random drawing for one too. That is that's awesome. Yep. So I got lucky enough to be picked for that, and I mean I I thank them graciously for that one that i i love that trip so much and i mean going into it i was a little nervous because it's like i'm going i'm going down there with like say gordon wadsworth and some of them and it's like oh man uh i i'm i'm gonna feel like that outsider kid who's like barely been riding his bike for two years up until this point or three years i i can't remember now (laughs) but it's like from what i've gathered from from those guys (laughs) they're like super super welcoming oh yeah yeah like really 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 great so yeah uh, gordon gordon's awesome like i i actually talk to him quite frequently now still so it and i mean i i kept in touch with all the guys who we went down with and talked to him every once in a while and i see him at races too yeah but i mean it's a great community of people around oh that's oh yeah one of the things that like when i was down to um shenandoah and and wilderness is one of the things that I really, really enjoyed about the that that community. And that's how it well ended up having John Petrolak on the podcast. Uh, it's just it's just a really, really great group of people to be around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it doesn't doesn't matter if you're the slowest guy out there or the fastest guy out there. But he's it's a it's a big big old mountain bike family. Yep, and that, I mean it's it's about the community you're, you get developed into. Like for me, it's Marquette that, that I, I can't thank the people in Marquette like enough. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as in the biking as I am now. And I mean, there, there's hundreds of names I could mention. Todd Buquette, yeah. all, all of them. Like, he, like I work at a bike shop now in town, quick stop bike shop. Yeah. And they put they, the ones that put on the worst aid station, right? Yep. Yep. Yep, it, it's great, especially now that awesome. I work there. It's it's awesome. But I mean, like Eric Carlson owns the shop, and he was graciously enough to give me a job. So I actually know how to fix my bike when it breaks down on the trail now. So you probably carry tools now, don't you? Yep, I carry a lot of tools. I actually carry enough tools to like fix two bikes now. So just in case, you n- you never know when you're going to see that guy. The uh, uh, I will probably I was going to put a post together here at the end of the year. Uh, maybe a blog post about kind of all the stuff I've learned about tools to carry and all that kind of stuff. So that's actually mm-hmm. how that the other podcast I just mentioned uh, came about. So, yeah. Um, but no, that, that's, that's great. And so for those that don't know what I'm talking about, the worst aid station, you know, the Margie Gessick <laughs> race has, uh, you know, no official race aid stations, but the, the quick stop bike shop puts on one, out on the Sandy ATV trail about 60 some miles in and they're out there grilling and they got water and donuts and Cokes and just, it's like a oasis and it's, and they're having a good old time. And, uh, both years I've come through there and they've just taken great care of me filling up yep. with water and, and they're, they've had cold water last year. They had cold water. It was oh, awesome yeah. in that heat. And, uh, so awesome awesome group of people I'll, I'll put a, a lot of stuff we talk here about i'll put uh a link in the show notes uh but, mm-hmm. but uh yeah check, and check those guys out yeah and i kind of want to just touch on this real quickly for margie you, obviously it says no aid stations but this kind of goes about with how like 
good the community is, especially with cycling. You you go to that race and you're like, oh, there's going to be no aid station. I need to figure out how to like, get water and all that stuff. But I've never, in all the NUEs I've done, and even like talking to Alex, who's done 50 of them, he says the same thing. He's like, of all the NUEs any of us have ever done, we've never had as many nice people at aid stations. We've never had so many aid stations. And we've never had such well-stocked aid stations. I mean, you get, there's multiple people. I remember this year, especially with how hot it was, a lot of people knew that racers were going to be needing water. Yeah. So they were, everyone all was out the there yeah. all over the place. I remember stopping. There was like two little kids on the side of the trail, just handing water. And I remember stopping and thanking them so much because I had ran out of water. Yeah. And, oh, it was, there was people it was all awesome. over the Nagani loop. Uh, yep. There was, uh, between the bike path and then the South trails, somebody had a setup in their front yard. Uh, yeah. Not even with just water. I think they had Gatorade and stuff too. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was just talking to somebody uh, about this because, you know, my, my wife kind of drove SAG for me. Uh, and they were, mm-hmm. you know, how do you do that race if you don't have that? And I was like, if you, you, you don't, don't need it, you didn't like anywhere. <laughs> I mean, every time I, uh, it's like I came up found my wife at one time and she was filling up other racers water and she was still filling up water when I left, uh, for people coming through, uh, one time at like, I think Lowe's, I was coming up to get water from my wife. And before I even got to her, somebody yelled out asking if I needed water. Yeah. Uh, and so if you needed water, you just, you know, don't be bashful. You just pull up and ask somebody there's, yeah. uh, and yeah. And then there was just people out and about. So it was, it's it's, yep. it's it's good so um it's a large community race to be honest i mean it's it brings a lot of people together in the community it's pretty awesome it's one of the so not to not to go into it like the margie gets a lot of a lot of press on a lot of press from, well <laughs> especially it, even from from myself uh on my blog and i talk about it a lot but it's because i recognize what they're doing up there in the community um, mm-hmm. i see that they're getting people out. They're getting people active. They're challenging people. And one of the biggest things I love about that race is the no cutoff time because it, it allows people to, to actually go out and challenge themselves where a lot of other races where there's the cutoff time, uh, it deters people from trying something out. Yeah. I, I think, it I is. mean, not that it's, I get why there needs to be the cutoffs, right? I'm not dissing yeah. that. Uh, but, but I can also very much appreciate what, you know, Todd Paquette and Danny Hill and the entire, I mean, the community just gets, gets around it. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm, I'm very like close to that race. I've done it every single year. I've finished it every single year. I've buckled once and of the two years I didn't buckle, I missed the buckle both years by 13 minutes. Exactly. Ah. So it's actually kind of funny. I had the same number plate both years, finished 10th both years and missed it by 13 minutes both years. No so kidding, it's like, huh? yeah. So I'm I'm pretty entangled with that race. That's one of them that it, it's on my list to do it every single year. Yeah. And, and to I, me, it's that race at the end of the year that is going to make you work all year. And, and so it's, yep. it's going to it's going to be a tough race to not not just you know. Yeah. For and it's a cheap race too. It's like the cheapest hundred miler there is. Yep. And I love the whole deal with no cutoff time. I mean, I helped. Jeremiah Bishop and Gordon Wadsworth actually get to that race and helped them out like building their bike and stuff since I was at bike shop. Oh, I, yeah. I could do that and stuff. And I remember 
we were going back home and Jeremiah Bishop and Gordon Wadsworth were getting in the van that we had. And I remember Jeremiah looking at the bike path because the race went right by the bike path we were parked on. And there's two guys that I actually personally knew. They're awesome old guys. They, they work in the mine, the old, the mine that was around there. And they're they're like 67. They helped build the trails and all that. I remember they're cruising by, they just came out of the bar and they're still they're racing. They just came out of the bar <laughs> and they're like riding along. And Jeremiah Bishop's like, "Oh man, I feel so bad for them." And I'm just like, "I don't," because they just came out of the bar and I know it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, it it was awesome. But so, I mean, I guess uh, going back to like Volcano 100, yeah, I think that was the last the last thing Volcano, we were on. Yeah. What what was that like? That that you're, race you're was still relatively like super new to this stuff, right? Yeah, I mean that was what my that was my fourth hundred or that year fifth all time hundred, and I mean going into it, it's like I've never been out of country before at this point. Oh, this I is this is relatively new racing. This would be like, and I heard you race around a volcano. You're in the jungle. I'm in a foreign country. It's like, oh man, okay, this is this is getting pretty intense now. And then it's like, am I going to go down there and actually like, I don't know, be okay? Am I going to do good, or am I going to like get halfway close to Nicaragua and be like, oh well, I want to quit the race now. Uh, how do I get back again? <laughs> but oh, I I went down with like a bunch of awesome people, and like I flew down by myself completely, and I get there, and it's like okay, I fly into this foreign country and it's like, Ugh, okay, uh, I don't know where anybody is. Uh, and then I see this random guy, he comes up to me. It's like, are you, are you Mark? Are, are you American? And I'm like, uh, yeah, how, how are you? And he's like, oh, we're pretty good. Everyone's in the van out back. And I'm like, okay. So I open up the van door and there's like Gordon Wadsworth, all, all these guys. And this is like, okay, this is gonna be awesome at this point. That's, that's when I kind of knew it was going to be awesome. They took us to this resort and stuff the night before, and it we we got like treated re- really well. And I mean, I I can't thank the people of Costa Rica enough. That they they're awesome. Like that they're so generous and so nice. And the race director, he he's an awesome guy alone. And just to put on that race is really sweet. And then I would say going into the race, I I was pretty nervous. It's like. This is my first international race. I mean, I'm technically not on – I'm technically at this point representing the United States. I mean, you're in a foreign country. You're one of seven or eight Americans, and it's like I'm a 20-year-old kid that's kind of just like, okay, uh, let's see how this one goes. Uh, this is like my fifth 100-mile race, so we're going to find out how this goes. Very cool. And I – I, I remember just getting through the race and I'm just like looking around at all these sites and stuff. And it's like, Oh man, there's a volcano. This water is really blue and all that. And it's like that, that was actually my first race where I really didn't crash or have a mechanical. So it actually went really, really, really well for me. And I remember getting close to the race end, and it was kind of a weird how it, ended you had to go back to this old this soccer field but you had to cut through the city and there were so many people lining the streets cheering you on that you couldn't actually see the markers of wearing the, the like where to go and this costa rican guy passes me 
realizes that I'm American, realizes I have no clue where I'm going, says something to me that I have no clue what he's saying. And I'm just like, I instantly knew it's like, oh, he's going to like lead me to the finish line. So he like actually goes pretty slow to like, let me just grab his wheel and just carries me right into the finish. That's awesome. And I mean, I actually did really, really well at that race. That was, that's still my best finish. I would say for an NUE race, one of the best finishes I've had was at that one. Um, they do two classes. They do a pro field, which is like, where Jeremiah Bishop and all them would be, yep. which I finished about 40th. And then in the regular, what would be called, like, I think it was like men's open. I finished like sixth. Nice. So it, it wasn't it. Yeah, I was, I was pretty excited. And I mean, first time out of country for me ever, I was like everywhere. I was just staring at everything, just Google the <laughs> eye, just like taking it all in. And the best part was, was this race was, I, I drove from Marquette to Grand Rapids, which is about a six hour drive for me. And I did that on Friday, Saturday morning at 5am. I leave for Costa Rica again on a flight drop fly. I don't know. I can't even remember how many hours I get to Costa Rica. Can't fall asleep because I'm afraid of planes. That's, that's a thing. I'm afraid of planes. I'm also afraid of heights a little bit too. So that's pretty interesting. Well, mountain biking, but yeah. okay. you, you get over it. But I get there, can't sleep that first night, wake up. We have a one day at the resort, go back to sleep. I actually get pretty good sleep that night, do the race. And it's like the next day, get back on a plane and fly all the way back to the Grand Rapids, get in a truck, drive all the way back to my college and then go to school that Monday. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's so good. What'd you do this weekend? Raced around a volcano in Costa Rica. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how it went. It, it was pretty awesome, and it that just goes to show me, like after I did that, it goes to show me that like you you can do anything, and then I can do you can do anything in a race, and then you can go anywhere. It's like I did that in a weekend, a school weekend. I was in middle school, and I went and did that. So it's like you got to put yourself out there, right? Yeah, you, you got to take chances. Is how I see it. If you're if you're not willing to take chances, well. You, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta live. Mm-hmm. So this year, uh, one of the another big race you did this year was Vapor Trail One Twenty Five. So now we're we're, we're into two thousand twenty seventeen. Yeah, and you didn't. What type of racing? What type of stuff did you do this year? Uh, so I didn't do any me this year. I kind of I realized after twenty sixteen doing any me, it was like. I really need to develop my technical skill and my rock riding. Yeah. Like I was, I couldn't see lines. I, I, I could ride pretty much everything Rocky, but I wasn't fast. So this year I actually, uh, my first race was Pisgah 111 K, which I'd never ridden in Pisgah before in my entire life. That, that place is awesome. I, I highly recommend it. It was, it was a really fun vacation, but, I did the I did the race and I think I took like twelfth. And I was just for me it was basically like a Sunday ride. I was just I was just having so much fun. Like coming down Pilot Rock, I was I, I rode that whole trail and I was just like, this is so awesome, which anyone who's ridden Pilot Rock before knows that it's just like or maybe it was Laurel Mountain. I can't remember. It was one of those. But it was just super rocky and I was just having so much fun. It's like 
I'm actually writing this stuff now and it's like May and my goal for the entire year was just to develop my rock writing skills yeah. and I'm already like doing something that most people would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's, that's something that I, I personally need to have to, uh, I've gotten a lot better at this year. So my, my technical mm -hmm. writing, my rock writing skills this year is dramatically improved. Uh, it was kind of a similar thing in 2016, just really, really bad technical stuff. And then, um, mm -hmm. I think I mentioned this to somebody the other day, I, I signed up for too many hundreds more than I was really ready for and spent, <laughs> spent more time recovering from them than, than actually getting stronger. And, mm -hmm. uh, 2017 was a little better year. I learned how to ride the rocks and, and recovering faster from races. And, but, uh. Anyways, yeah, yep. I, I heard so Pisgah's rough, isn't it? it yeah, I've Pisgah's been told very I need rough. To get down there. Yep the the first trail I rode in Pisgah was Furlough Gap, and I wouldn't say I rode it. I more or less walked <laughs> about fifty percent of it. But I was like, "This is so cool! I wish I, <laughs> I wish I was riding this right now." But I didn't know it was coming, and I it was like I have a race in the next few days, so it's like. I don't want to break myself yet, so I'll just wait for it. <laughs> There's so type much. Deal. The thing is, if you get out, I mean, one of the things I like about going out to new races, new events, is because you're constantly finding new stuff to ride. Mm-hmm. And it develops you as a rider. Yeah. So much because you throw yourself at stuff for the very first time. So if you're mm -hmm. out, so you go to wilderness. There's some really awesome downhill, rocky stuff there. And yep. you're in a race, so you, so you come at this stuff the very first time you ever see it is in a race. And you don't really have time to stop and assess it. You just have to throw yourself down it. And I don't know. There's something fun about that. that yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, I've been in some of those moments where I'm a little pretty nervous, a little sketchy too. But then there's some of it you get through and you're like, that was awesome. I can't <laughs> believe I just wrote that. Yep. So, and I mean, after Pisgah, I did, I actually made a re-entry into the enduro scene and I actually did really, really well. I took like a couple fifths on a couple stages. I, every single enduro race I did this year, I always either flatted or I just crashed. I was also racing this on a 2017 top fuel nine, eight. So a hundred mil travel XC bike. And yeah. the first one I did I still had my XR1 race tires on and a, uh, <laughs> I had my, my, uh, I called it my dropper post, but it was still just a regular seat post full mast whole time I was riding it <laughs> and I was doing, and we did like overflow to flow, which you know, this in Copper yep. Harbor downhill trail. And I was doing it on my XC bike. I was having a blast. Descended it. Have you <laughs> ridden that, that crazy drop on overflow then? Um, not yet. But I've done something more larger than that in Marquette. Oh my gosh! Because, well, it's it's been a couple of years since I was actually up over there. But I was, I, I uh, felt uncomfortable just standing at the top of it. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually, right now after this year, I feel full confidence that I could easily do it. Now, just, I mean, I've looked at it before, and it's like some of the things I was doing in Marquette because. I, I told you, I, I started riding with, well, I started working at quick stop and yeah. they do like weekly rides and all those guys are really, really, really technical riders and they're really good at it and they're all enduro riders. So that's kind of part of okay. the reason why I started doing enduro races 
was just with them, hanging out with them. And Harlow Lake is super rocky. We call it like the BC of the Midwest. You have multiple rock rolls, really chundry rocks. And they would take me up there and they would just be like, okay, Mark, we're going to go down this today and we're just going to, you know, no break it and have fun. And I'm like, okay, I'll follow you. And sure. yeah, I mean, just doing large rock rolls and all this crazy nuts stuff that at that point I thought was nuts. Now it's like, I look at some of it and it's like, Oh, that's pretty small. I've done bigger than that now. <laughs> so awesome. oh, man. just slowly developing. So then what all, what all did you end up? I mean, you finished with the Margie this year. Um, yep. We've kind of already talked about that a bunch, but what, what else, what else did you do? Cause at the end of the year, then I, I thought I saw something about, uh, you had transitioned to get your pro pro, mountain bike license. Yep. Uh, so what, what did you do this year? Um, so at, as well as doing like a couple of enduro races and trying to develop my technical like skills, um, Pete Karen and one of my friends who now lives in Wisconsin, he actually, he does, he's really good at doing like the war series. He races pro and he kind of convinced me to come down and like ride with them and hang out with them and do that. So I'm like, okay. And I had a CAD one license okay. from just racing collegiate. They automatically give you a CAD one license oh, okay. if you had men's A's and collegiate. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go down and race CAD one. It's not my specialty. I've, I mean, I'm a hundred mile endurance guy. So like 30 mile races for me is like, I'm, I'm dying, but I went out and I could never break top 10 overall, but I'd always finish like 12th or 11th or something okay. really really close and just by doing that i finished like fairly high up and i uh right before i went out to vapor trail i actually submitted my pro card to get it and when i was at vapor trail in colorado i looked and i had actually got it i'm like oh i, I wasn't suspecting i'm getting this uh well uh okay this is pretty cool i guess yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool, man. Good for you. Congrats. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll move on to what your plans are for next year. But you got to tell us about Vapor Trail real quick. Okay. Um. So Vapor Trail. It's on my I, list. Yep. That that race. I I've been asked to like compare it to Margie, and I would say that for this year, if you did this year's Margie in the heat. If you take the heat and you take the elevation of Vapor Trail and you say that those two elements cancel each other out and you just look at pure technical, yeah. Margie's harder. But Vapor Trail, it's for those of you that don't know, you start at 10 p.m. at night. That's when the race starts. So you ride all night. It took me 16 hours to finish it nonstop without stopping. Um, 125 miles, 16,000 feet of climbing. The highest you are in elevation is like 13,000 feet, which was the highest I've ever been in my entire life. And uh, elevation definitely became a factor for me, especially late in the race. I was, I was definitely feeling it on a few climbs. But the one nice thing was at this point in the year, my technical ability was fairly good. And you, don't, yeah, and you don't really need to breathe very much when you go downhill. So everyone would catch me on the climbs. But then I'd start catching them and passing them on the descents. <laughs> okay. Nice. Like, yep. And 
I mean, that race, the views are amazing. It's especially when you're amazing, just yeah. an amazing place to ride. That's like when you're on single track in Colorado and you've, you've ridden through the entire night. I mean, it's September, it's cold, especially in the higher elevations. Like it can so snow. It luckily happen. didn't snow, but it was like in the 20, like high twenties. What's the temperature at one point for the race then? It can go from like high twenties at night to like sixties in the afternoon. And then do you have drop bags then? You can have some other gear planned. Okay. Yep. Yep. You can have drop bags. Uh, and then it, I mean, I can't get over the views enough. Like it, the race director said it might like change you. It, it definitely changed me. I mean, I remember one, the one point when the sun was rising and I was like riding single track and it's like, I've been through the night struggled through the night and there was a couple spots in the nighttime that's like i've i hit the most technical trail riding i've ever hit before and it's like two o'clock in the morning and yeah. i've never seen this before in my life and i'm just like hauling through rocks at this point hoping that i don't like mess up just holding on for dear life that's awesome and yeah i mean the race director tom he's he's an awesome guy i he i i thank him a lot for letting me come out and race his race and I mean, Salida is a really sweet town. And I, I just, I had a lot of fun in that race. It was, it was a long race. I mean, 16 hours yeah. at, and to be a flatlander and do it was pretty hard. <laughs> I will admit I had a lot of fun though. Yeah. So what's on the plans for, for this, for this coming year then? Um, plans for this year is for sure. Focusing on NUE. I, I want to go back to NUE and I want to do hundreds and I want to see, I want to qualify for the, this year. I I'm for sure doing four races and that's basically going to be my focus coming into this year is NUE and four races. So my plan right now is to do Mohican, Tatanka, Wilderness, Margie. And that's, that's going to be my four races, I think. Okay. Got a, a, a potential yep. fifth one in there, just in case you need to. Uh, yeah, uh, either uh, Crockett Mountain or uh, Pierce Hole would be my okay fifth. One of those. Gotcha. Awesome. So, it just depends on what I can swing. Well, well I'll uh, I'll likely run into you somewhere then. Yep. Yeah, we'll probably see each other at the races. Yeah. The uh, I, I I don't know many times you say that right, and then you like leave the race, and then you sort of message me like, "Hey man, never saw you at the race." yeah the the uh you gonna do any any xc stuff then uh go down to wisconsin um, for some of the the xc the pro series stuff i want to uh actually do some of the local i haven't done any of our local up races and oh, okay since that first year so i kind of want to go back and like really i mean other than any me that's my other focus is to try and see just i basically want to go out and try winning them and just see if i can't win them so I, yeah, I, I think I'm at that level now that I can try. I mean, that's everyone's goal. And I mean, that's always my goal is to try winning races, but I think I'm at the point where I can actually like do pretty well now. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I, I think it's, I think it's great. So it's, you go from, like you said, you, you didn't play any sports in high school. Uh, the last thing you did in soccer and then you put yourself on a bike and, and it's, getting outside getting active trying yep. out new things and then you never know how it's going to change your life and so like in what three or four years you've gotten to race in costa rica and yeah and uh throw down with some big boys on the mountain bike trails yeah i've i've got to experience a, a lot of awesome things that 
I definitely wouldn't have experienced without bikes. And I'm really thankful for that. And it's like so many awesome people. And I have so many good stories now from just racing and just all the struggles of racing and just like, you just got to keep on going. You, you just got to tell yourself, you got to keep on going because you, you're not going to like yourself if you quit, but you're going to like yourself when you have that awesome story to go back to and tell all your friends. It's like, oh yeah, I was out riding and I saw this bear on the trail or this moose in the race or something like that. That's happened a couple times too. <laughs> that's but, awesome. So what, uh, I mean, do you have, you have some, some sponsors and we talked about, you know, you work at the quick stop bike shop. Uh, what yep. other, uh, well, maybe before we go into that. So back at the beginning of this, we kind of talked about some of the things you were doing with, with Nika. We mentioned the mm -hmm. you know, 16. So what, what are some of the things that you are doing now with, I guess, advocacy, uh, or working with some of the, you know, the other, other kids, maybe that who you were, you know, four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I I definitely couldn't help out as much as I wish just because quick stop and working in school and all that. I had a lot of things on my plate, but I mean, I tried a little bit and I, I think I actually did more helping with the kids outside of like the NICA practices. Like I'd yeah. see them on the trail and I give them a few tips here and there. I think I helped them more then than I actually did in practice, yeah. I feel like. But I mean, the the few practices I were able to attend, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I definitely enjoyed helping the kids and just seeing them develop and all that stuff. And you, you, you get some relationships with some of the kids. I mean, there's one kid that I see at uh, the local UP cross races who just, he, you can tell he's a 15 year old. Let's just put it that way. He doesn't, <laughs> you, you know, he kind of likes you, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you, you make some snarky remarks, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's cool. It's it's really fun just hanging out with them and like developing them and seeing how they grow and stuff. And it just it reminds me of me back when I was riding four years ago. It's like it's pretty cool. And it's it's cool to see know that like these kids are 15, 14, 13. It's like they're getting such a head start on compared to what I got that it's and they're going to grow and see all this stuff and grow by the community and meet all these awesome people and stuff. So it's pretty cool just to know that. It's crazy with how quick this sport is growing and mm -hmm. thinking about, uh, you know, the kids are getting into it now when they are 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, how, how fast they're going to yeah. be when they're 20. And then if they do get into the endurance, I mean, it's, oh, God. it's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. As you get older in it, too right the mm -hmm. you get smarter about how to race and that's i mean because you see you see people peeking out in their 30s and then you know sometimes you look at yep. it and you're like so i'm gonna turn 40 here in a year and a half and i'm like it's gonna get harder yeah <laughs> to compete in that next age group almost but yeah uh but it's i'm curious how that changes it you know now that kids are getting into it so young you know versus us getting into it when we were like 20 and then there's a there's a as i get into it too there's a large group of us that were like biked got out of it and then in our 30s decided got we back into it needed to get get our get back in shape and and whatnot right but i yeah. think with the sport being so growing so fast now i don't think you're gonna see people getting out of it like that 
Yeah, no, I mean, and, and so it's going to get really, really competitive. But I also think it's very accessible, and that's that's what's so great about it. And then where you're at in Marquette is amazing for riding. Yeah, and there's so many different things you can do too. It's like you don't have to just race; you can bike pack, you can yeah. go out and do bike packing tours and all that. And even in racing, you can do cyclocross, you can do endurance you can do xc you can do road you can do all these different things so there's so much on a bike that you can do yeah 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 fat bike yeah this is my first year with a fat bike so i'm i'm really excited for marquette i actually get to actually ride the fat bike trails for once i will be up there for the polar roll (laughs) yep i'll I'll be there good stuff yeah i'm looking forward to that one something tells me it's going to be a doozy this year Mm -hmm. so the uh okay so yeah tell us about Anybody that you want to thank or some sponsors? I know you got a few sponsors. Oh, man. Well, I'll I mean, put links, I'll put links in the show notes to all of them. And... I mean, of course, like the biggest sponsor I, I would say I have. And I mean, the one that I have to appreciate the most would be my parents, obviously, just because like without them, A, I wouldn't be here and B, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to go to college and do all this stuff and have fun. I mean, I, 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 I make my own way a lot of the times, but they do help me out a little bit here and there. And it's, it's really nice to have them. That's awesome. And then, um, past that sponsorship wise, I would say, uh, through quick stop, I just got on the Kona grassroots team. So I'm going to be riding Kona for next year. Sweet. And then for winter fat biking, uh, uh, a brand out of green Bay, Wisconsin that I know, kind of through like Pete Karen and stuff, 509 cycles, they make fat bikes. So I'm, I'm going to be racing one of their fat bikes for this winter and doing that. So that'll be pretty fun. Cool. And then obviously for sure, quick stop, they, they, other than just working there and becoming a mechanic and actually being able to fix my own bike now, just riding with them has helped me so much. And then on the side of that, other sponsors, ESI grips, demon tech racing oils, honey stinger, lake cycling, Thompson bike parts, uh, industry nine. And then, um, I also helped with a few clothing, clothing brands, uh, this summer, like helping develop products and stuff. Um, grit more, they, they do socks and then crit fit army out of, uh, Milwaukee. They do jerseys and stuff like that. And I actually know the guy who does crit fit really well. He, uh, stayed at my place for the second year, Margie. Okay. And he's, he's currently deployed right now. And, uh, the air force, but, uh, I helped him do some developing for his brand this summer and stuff like that. And they're really sweet people. And it was, it was pretty awesome being with them. And I'm, I'm planning on helping them again this summer, a little bit here and there too, develop some products and stuff like that. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I like it. That's a good story, man. Yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to, anything else you want to say? I mean, I, I, I say I pretty much covered a lot of it. Yeah, I, this was great. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I had seen some of the – a couple of Facebook posts and I, I had maybe just made an assumption that you you know, had kind of been doing this stuff for a while. And then I was, I was like, no kidding. I didn't realize he had just gotten into this that, that recent. And yeah. um, so that's, that's great. So I appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, thank uh, you. You know, people following along, uh, here's another example of somebody, you know, wasn't 
just decided to take a chance, got out on the bike, got active, had a ton of fun with it, and is doing some really, really cool, cool things with it now. So mm-hmm. uh, thanks, thanks a ton for coming on, Mark. Yeah, thank you for having me. Steve here again. As always, thanks for tuning in. I've created a page for each episode, and links to each of those episode pages can be found at endurancepath.com backslash podcast. If you like what I'm doing here, pass it around and leave me a review in iTunes or whatever podcast app you listen through. If you want to send me some direct feedback, send an email to podcast at endurancepath.com. Also, if you know somebody that has a great story that needs to be told, send them my way. Let's get people off the couches, moving, and challenging themselves. There's a whole lot of life out there to be had. Let's keep it moving.